0: This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at The One Thing Team. Folks, so many of us, uh, we know so much about you just from our interactions with you. We know that you're a high achiever. We know that you want to have a thriving career, you know, have a really vibrant personal life and to leave a legacy that will last What so many of us are unaware of is that the actions that we're taking may be taking us toward a destination where we become trapped. We focus so much on being, quote, successful. We're not focusing on the right things. The man you're going to meet today uh, is a true case study of what happens when you don't focus on the correct one thing and um, how, when you are going down the wrong path, how you make a course correction so that you can build a business that makes a massive impact and leaves a real legacy. It's about how you can become the choice in the mind of your customers and ultimately how you avoid the trap of success. With that, let's get into this conversation with Gene Hammett. Gene, so you got a really interesting story that I think is going to resonate with a lot of people because... Our group, our listeners, are high achievers, they set really big goals for themselves and it's not their fault, but they don't have always the right mentors in their world who can give them a certain perspective that what they're currently doing may be leading them toward a trap. Tell us about how this showed up in your life.
1: Well, uh, you know... (sighs) I I did reach a level of success that I was proud of and that I, in my business, as a business owner, I had worked hard to get there. And after about four or five years, I started to coast, I think. I started to be really happy and comfortable with the money, the freedom, and all of those things that that we were striving for, right? Because we worked really hard to get there. And I wanted to do more, but I, I just wouldn't let myself, I was a little bit fearful of Losing what I had that freedom and that that financial aspects to go after something bigger and better, even though it was what my soul was craving and it was it was something I had to quieten down daily i mean this was this went on for I'm almost embarrassed to say like five years hmm. and I wouldn't have realized it, I wouldn't have realized the the kind of the path I was heading to until something very big in my life happened. And cause me to really look back and reflect and, and do introspection and those things that are good to do anyway. But sometimes we just don't do it deep enough because we're so comfortable and drifting along. And so when that one thing happened, um, I was able to look back at my life and realize, man you really missed the, the, the cues, the, the triggers, the things that were happening because you could have made some much smarter decisions back then.
0: What was that wake-up moment for you? What caused it?
1: Well, I mean, frankly, I lost everything. I lost, um, I had a business where I had, um, a contract with my best friend and business partner and it was about $3 million. It was just a hair underneath that. And, um, I was waiting for the inventory to come in and it just never happened. And I had to lawyer up and he lawyered up and we had to fight it out for, for years. I lost three million that one day. And in the, Coming weeks or months after that, and everything was like falling down around me. I, I lost um, not only my business and my income, but I lost my savings. I lost my house. I lost my sense of confidence. I just had no idea where I was going. But I was do. I was looking back to go. What did I miss? So that's that's kind of what happened. What were you missing? I was missing just courage, right? Just the courage to to look really hard at my life and go, where am I really supposed to be? Because it would have been much easier to create the kind of life I wanted with money in the bank than it was to create it without money and without credit and without, you know, having to have gone through all that. Does that
0: make sense? Yeah. And, and um, from our other conversation, it it sounds like the the initial business that you built that was kind of a house of cards sounded like it really lacked a bigger purpose, a bigger why or level of fulfillment. Is that accurate? Uh, exactly.
1: And I, and a lot of people go, well, what business was he in to, to have this kind of
0: month? So I... Exotic dancing.
1: No, <laughs> not, quite. not quite. But I mean... Controversial, let's say, because in 2001, I was I was 2099, 2000 and 2000, 2001, I was working with a, a technology company, bringing the internet or e-commerce to Fortune 500. I was selling half a million, a million dollar service contracts and technology to el- enable e-commerce. The same kind of thing you can get today by probably buying a plug-in and putting it into your website and doing it for like 50 bucks. So. That was a lot many years ago, and so when I actually went out on my own, I created an e-commerce business around tickets, and specifically sports tours. And so I positioned my business to be kind of uniquely qualified in the international sports tours, where I was doing Masters and Super Bowl and World Cup and soccer and um, Olympics. And so that's really the primary business. And I ended up it just wasn't fulfilling to me, like. I love sports, but not. I don't watch it every day. And I barely watch it, really. And I was just selling something that wasn't really driving my purpose, that big why, like you said. Mm, interesting.
0: For those of you who are listening, how many of you know what it feels like to be in Jean's shoes? To be keeping your head down, working hard trying to build a business, to make a lot of money, to afford a lifestyle, and it lacks a bigger why. It lacks a purpose, something that's going to drive you beyond material possessions. Anybody ever experienced that? Oh, no, none of us, right? <laughs> so the, the reason that I'm sharing Gene with you today is because no one succeeds alone. And I think there's tremendous power in learning from the people who have gone before us. And for Gene, somebody who had built a, quote, successful business and to lose everything and then rediscover what his real purpose is, to weave that into the business and to start that climb again, I think will be very valuable for you. Gene, I want you to go to the moment where you're at rock bottom and you're just not sure what that first step is. Almost like you're just paralyzed because you don't know what to do. What was going on?
1: There was a couple of little moments in there that I'll share with you. And 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 I don't mind, you know, opening up to you guys because I, I think it could help. One was when I was talking to my wife and she said something really smart. A couple of things really that I remember.
0: <laughs> Isn't everything they say smart?
1: Yeah, it is. No, right. But but it was it's hard to take at the time. And I look back and I'm like, wow, those are really great moments. One was... She said, you know, maybe this was the the wake up call that you needed, like being hit by a two by four. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's one way to look at it. Like, yeah. And she's like, Well, maybe you weren't listening to the messages happening around you. And and now you can now with with their attention, we can listen to these messages. And uh, that was one thing. And the second thing was this will be something that you can share to help others so that. We look back on this as a gift,
0: not a curse mm, some wise counsel there,
1: yeah and 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 when you're in the problem and she was in there with me because she's you know she's all of this stuff was ripped away from her as well it was it was my business though it was me on the front lines and she could stand in that with confidence and she's a very strong woman and you know I really appreciate her her being there I mean was it tough love sometime absolutely, but did I need it? Probably so. Mm -hmm. I also remember me coming up with something and this was, you know, kind of probably maybe a day or so later was, I know I have to probably get a job when this thing falls apart because we have to make money, but I will be starting another business. Is that okay with you? And she's like, yes, as long as it's not tickets. And so we agreed that I would start another business. So those are kind of three little little micro moments inside of this that, that led me to, oh, I I know that this can be something I can recover from.
0: So I want to underscore one thing you said, because I think it's really powerful. And I think it's something that a lot of people will overlook because they haven't had the person who's willing to bring a certain level of candor to the conversation. So for you who's listening to this... What's one thing that's happened in your life where you told yourself the story that um, it was bad and it was happening to you when really you had an opportunity to change the way that you looked at things and consider that maybe it was happening for you. It wasn't happening to you, it was happening for you. I remember when my income got slashed by 40%, which, Gene, I don't even think you and I went into this, but I took a massive pay cut and bank account almost hit zero. And I went through the whole blame, shame, justification. Why did my company do this to me? Why is this happening to me? And it was a mentor who said, you know, why did you attract this in your life? (laughs) What's the lesson that you needed to learn that you attracted this into your reality? And I was like, oh, thank you for the two by four across the face. So you can
1: relate to this. I'm sure everyone else can too. And, and maybe you didn't lose everything, but maybe you had to start over or maybe you had to reconnect to something of more meaning. I use the word significance a lot. And and I don't mean this in a in an egocentric way. I mean this in a, in a sense of purpose or contribution. And I realized I thought about it the way most people do. Can I share this with you? Mm-hmm. I thought about success as the the gateway to getting to the rest of my life to happiness. Once I get the money, once I get the freedom, I will go create the significance in my life. Mm-hmm. That it's a linear path, and I think this is a very common thought. We, we're grown up from from children from childhood uh, reinforced, you know, success. And success is typically ninety percent your personal goals. Mm. It has very little to do with the impact you're making in the world. And and that's fine. But you have to look at yourself and like go, is that really me? Is that where I'm going? Is Because a lot of people like me get the money and it's okay. And it's for a moment and it feels really good for a moment. But then you have to set new goals that are bigger and bigger. And they tend to be in that success realm, not in significance. And so one thing when I look back on this... Uh, is I realized that what if I flipped that? What if I looked at significance first and the impact I made? And I got this because when you lose everything, when you lose millions of dollars, you kind of still yeah. think that no, if you build something up again, someone else could take it. <laughs> and so what I was thinking about, and I smile whenever I think about this, I was thinking about like, what could no one take away from me? what could what could never be stolen from me again and i thought well what if i gave someone a gift or i became a gift to the world or what if i really made a difference for people's lives that could never be stolen so i would do that i would i would follow that path and then the money would come and what i realized over the years is that it's actually a smarter way to do this it's actually if you decide to lead with significance instead of success, that you would actually find more success that comes along with the journey.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the one thing that makes everything else easier or unnecessary. The one thing,
1: right? The question that, that, that we all love to do and listening to here for, yeah, if you, if you find that significance in your life, that big why, that purpose, that, and, and the energy that you bring to that will attract more success to you. Mm. And you, when you get there, you're fulfilled and you, you continue to keep that rolling. And I, I use this, you know, I'm a, I'm a professional speaker and I speak on stages and I have been putting a little swing dance into my speaking because there's a dance between success and significance that people aren't aware of until they hear this message.
0: Mm. So how did this show up in your life? You get clarity on let's focus on significance, not success. You want to start building your own business again. Where'd you go?
1: I started thinking back about my journey as an entrepreneur in 2002. I hired a business coach. Mm -hmm. And I remember for a very small investment for what, for the long term value of this, I remember her saying to me some key questions. And I still remember them today. And it's been over 15 years. Mm. That's pretty transformational, right? (laughs) But I remember how I felt through those conversations. I remember the clarity that I had, and I remember making moves because of that. And over the years, as I've used some of that stuff back with my my business and with my clients, it's just compounded itself. So I I really started looking at how I could use my business acumen and strategy, how to grow businesses, and how to create you know, my business around doing that for others.
0: I'm really curious in this because when I look at Gary Keller, for example, I realize that people don't decide their futures. They decide their habits and their habits decide their futures. I look at Gary and ask the question, what were the habits that got him there? And one of the habits is the habit of once he's in relationship with talent, he coaches them to their possibilities. I ask the question, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it would allow me to coach people to their possibilities? And the answer is to ask great questions every single day. When you mention that you know, 15 years ago, this business coach of yours asked you a series of great questions. What were some of those?
1: One of them that that plays distinctly in my mind was who are your most valuable customers? Hmm.
0: Okay, now now we're opening the can of worms and I'm getting excited. And, and people, you're going to understand why we're going to get excited here. So buckle your seatbelts. Why was that so powerful for you, Gene?
1: I didn't know the answer.
0: <laughs> well, that means it's a
1: good question. <laughs> And we talked about like why it's important, and it, it probably helps to understand how we got there. As a CEO, I had more opportunity than I had time or money.
0: Wait a minute. Hold on. Time out. You mean you felt like there wasn't enough time in the day to do absolutely everything that was on your to-do list? I did not have enough time. And, and <sighs> in fact, I, I felt like a firefighter, not a CEO. Okay. So this is where I know my audience cannot understand what that feels like at all. There's nobody has ever felt like that. Right, guys? Oh, wait. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Keep going.
1: So I got that question. We talked about it and I committed before the next time we got back together where, you know, I'd figure that out. And I remember exactly the coffee shop I went to and it took me two days. I poured through my my data, kind of, kind of like data a lot. I poured through my spreadsheets, I poured through my accounting and I created this analysis and I, re- I clearly realized that more than probably 80% of my business was causing the problems and I wasn't making money off this. So I w- immediately walked in. I had three sales reps at the time and this is the first year of business. Like I already had like six or seven employees. I said, we're killing these three lines of service and we're going to focus everything we got over here because this is where we make money. And they were like, "But but we make money on all of it." And I go, "Not You're anymore." You're right. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, but we're going to double down on the places where we need to. So that began a series of really tightening in my focus to find the right audience and the right clients for me, and that was a turning point, a big turning point in my business.
0: What percentage of your clients were creating the majority of the it, i mean problems? roughly 80% meaning that what percent of your clients were the actual dream clients 20% oh so 20% of your clients created the majority of the results that you desired and
1: i would even go further than that and say that i continued to refine that over the years till i got it down to the 20% of the 20% so
0: about 4% okay hold on somebody should 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 write a book about that, about not just going 20%, but going 20% of 20%. Gene, did I set you up for this? (laughs) No. (laughs) See, this is why I love having conversations with other smart people is because you see the little principles of the one thing showing up wherever extraordinary results lie. Folks, what would happen in your world if every day... Instead of trying to get 80% of your customers to say yes, you actively tried to get 80% of them to say no. So the right 20% could say yes. How would that change things? What changed for you, Gene?
1: Well, I very simply I went from a one million dollar business to five million. Over oh, what period? About three years. Hmm. That sounds like hockey stick growth to me. Yeah. That's one reason why I look back fondly at that that one question of who are your most valuable customers? And I remember it forever.
0: <laughs> yeah. And when you look at, you get clarity on who the customers were. And this is where folks, we're going we're gonna to nail it down to the one thing that you actually did to serve them. When you look at all the things that you could do, what was the one thing that you really knew you should do? It would make everything else easier or unnecessary for them.
1: Uh, it really was getting to the point of getting it down to a handful of, of those kinds of clients I wanted. And, and really, for me, it was not necessarily the traditional business of these are the clients, but it was these are the events that I worked on. So I worked on the Olympics. I worked on the Masters. I worked on the Super Bowl. And I worked on the World Series. And those were the only events I really put my time and money into. If anything else happened outside those areas it was kind of a bonus, but I didn't market to it, didn't do anything other than the five of core events that really drove my business. Mm, cool.
0: How are you building your business now, Gene? Well, you know, as a consultant
1: to companies that are in hyper growth, I help them see the things that I learned through my own hyper growth of how to narrow in to the right customers. And 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 frankly, the, the concept that comes up in the speeches I give all the time is called be the choice, not a choice. Mm. And I was looking at this because I like to go deep into what I do and, and not be surface level, is try to really understand what does that mean. And in and, and a very kind of basic standpoint, it's do we resonate with you? Mm. We choose to work with people that we resonate with. And resonate's a great word. A lot of people love it. A lot of people use it. But it's not really a plan. So. I have gone deeper to talk about how you emotionally connect. So I think to resonate is to emotionally connect. And that drives people to lean into what you offer. Um, If people are ignoring your emails, if they're not, if you have a low open rate, if you have a, a low show up rate, if you have a low whatever rate, it's because people aren't resonating with you. They're not emotionally connected to your brand, to you. And so it's just, it's not necessary. You're more noise than you are music to their ears. And so I help clients understand that. And I've kind of gone into the six core principles. And that's that's the work I do today.
0: We think it's safe to assume that if you're listening to this podcast, the one thing has already influenced your life for the better in some way. One of the seven circles that we talk about, one of the seven most important areas of your life is your financial life, which is why we wanted to tell you about something that has greatly influenced many people in their financial lives. And it goes hand in hand with the one thing. We'd like to connect you with a friend of ours, Patrick Donahoe and his team at Paradigm Life to offer you a free report called The Perpetual Wealth Strategy. It's given thousands of entrepreneurs just like you the recipe for what's helped the wealthy establish their financial well-being for decades. You can download your free copy at perpetualwealthstrategy.net. Again, that's perpetualwealthstrategy.net. And folks, we are right around the corner from our One Thing Goal Setting Retreat. This is the first live event that we have ever done. It'll be here in Austin, Texas, this November 30th and December 1st, day and a half with Jay Papazian and myself, where we're going to help you get out of your environment and really get clarity on not just the goals that you have for your professional career, but help you set goals in all the areas of your life that matter and walk you through the process so that you can have constant accountability toward achieving them and also figure out how you can enlist the support of the people who matter most to you. We have a lot of people who have signed up their significant other or brought their business partner. After all, this was designed based on a goal-setting retreat Jay has done with his wife, Wendy, for the last 10 years. Go to theonething.com slash event to get your ticket. We do expect this to sell out and we can see that we are getting very close. So no more waiting time, no more procrastinating, do not get distracted, pause the episode, go to theonething.com slash event and at least get educated on what the offering is. Thanks so much and we hope to see you in Austin. The reason that I I love this idea so much, Gene, is because frankly, this is an area that we're struggling with. I feel grateful to have been handed one of the highest rated business books of all time and said, go represent the brand and turn it into a training and education company. And I can't rely on the fact that it's just a bestseller because I can tell myself the story that we're the choice for people. But the truth is, the productivity space is massive and it's crowded. We're not the choice yet. I don't know what we need to do to become the choice versus a choice. But do you understand the value of it? <laughs> oh, well, in my mind, the answer is yes. But when I go to articulate it, you heard me. I just, I just drew a blank. So yeah. clearly no. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, it, first thing is is the awareness, right? To to really realize that it is a competitive space out there. And one of the stories that I, I will give to talk about this, and, and it really, can I share with you like one piece of the, the six principles?
0: Yeah, and and for people, what are the just quickly? What are the six principles? So the first one is audience.
1: So it's about who you serve. Yep. The second one is story, like having that that story that connects to people's hearts. The the third one is um, helpful, being creating content that actually does uh, move you forward. Like I remember signing up for for some of your goals worksheets, yeah, um, last week. So those are the first three, and most people kind of stop right there. And I think that to emotionally connect those are great and they're good good things to do at a foundational level but if you want to run an elite business you want to go and look at the next six or next three of the six which is go deep like how are you really going deep into this and and creating something that is ungoogleable and I've got some examples of that if we need it the fifth piece to this is authority do people see you as the authority in that domain because if they did then they would they were emotionally connected at a deeper level. And then the last one is uniqueness. Do they see the uniqueness that makes you completely the choice for them as they want to uh, grow or get the results that you offer?
0: Mm, okay. And, and the value, so first and foremost is acknowledging it, but when you become the choice, what is the value for a brand or a company?
1: You know, when when I think about being the choice, you have to look at what's what's it like to be... Um, a choice. And a choice is when you put out that proposal and you hope that they signed, right? You hope that they will pay attention to you. You hope that they show up to your event. You hope that they come to whatever it is you're offering. And when you're the choice, you've got the sense of confidence and clarity around who you are and what who you serve that you know the right people show up, and you will you do what you can to connect with them, but you don't have to worry about the hope inside there and so it's an external play, which is around strategies, but it's also an internal thing around knowing that you have
0: what they need to to get the results mm. okay so when i when I listen to the six core principles, I think, okay audience first and foremost, do you? know who your audience is. Are you building that audience? I feel like we check the box there. Stories, you know, I've got a handful of them that I tell and and I can always be improving those. I feel like we do. I mean, the podcast exists because we wanted to create helpful content. Uh, When we start talking about going deep and authority and unique is where I start to have more question marks. So
1: when, when you're trying to find the uniqueness, one thing you want to understand that is unique is better than best. What do you mean by that? So, anybody who goes out there and says that they have a better service than you, than the competitors, emotionally, we, we kind of disengage from that or we don't really trust it as much. You know what I mean by that?
0: Yeah, I do. Because it's like, okay, best based on what scale says who.
1: Right, exactly. And then if you say you're the best, right, it's, you know, they really do go, well, to, you know, maybe not to me, like they begin to, to question. Mm. So what I'd rather you do is just when you accept and, and look at that and I can give you some examples, but unique is better than best. I've got this little giveaway that I give, you know, to, to for, as part of my helpful content and it's about finding their unique. So you have to know who the audience is. So you said you kind of knew that, right? Yeah. I I
0: feel like I know who the audience is. I'm sure you could, who would you say the audience is? I think it's, I think it's business owners, Entrepreneurs and leaders in in organizations. So that's really broad. Thank you. See, I knew if you poked a hole, hole, it would immediately expose my lack of clarity. Thank you.
1: Because that's everybody trying to get something done.
0: That's my audience. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You said it. So
1: when you really want to make the most powerful of this, and I look at this across many, many different businesses, is the more closely, more specific you are, the better. Right? if you just said business owner if you just said real estate agent i don't know why i think about that but I th- when i think of you guys i, I do think of real estate
0: i think i think one of my partners has had so, uh, some bit of a track record in real estate maybe yep they do there you go so you know it's
1: it's a much better book like you know you look at some of the stuff that they've done the million Dollar real estate agent i think that's one of the names of the the books it's uniquely qualified cuz it's positioned to that one audience mm. right and it, And inside there, it addresses the problems, which is really is the second question, what are the known problems? Mm. Do you feel like you've got that pretty
0: tied in? Yeah. uh, People feel like they have more to do than they have time. They feel like they're not actually in control of their time. They feel like there's distractions everywhere uh, that take them off task. Uh, Yeah. Have you done um, any
1: analysis on what the competitors to the programs offer and what they're saying?
0: No not, not in part of this is I hate research. Um, (laughs) frankly, um, that's why I hired an assistant who was more detail oriented than myself, but, um, I could be, that's an area of opportunity for us.
1: And one easy way to do this, I was talking to someone the other day who's a, who's a huge speaker in, in the area of, of marketing. And they're like, you ever looked at your competitors and played, played buzzword bingo.
0: Oh, like where you're saying the exact same things.
1: If you had three or four of your, your competitors and your, your marketing materials and maybe a printout of your websites, and you would look at this and say, well, which, which buzzwords are they using and which ones are we using? Mm. Just a little fun game to see. If you're using the same language, it's hard to be seen as unique.
0: Yeah. And this, this is a, a much bigger challenge that we're facing. And it's an identity challenge of who do we want to be when we grow up as a company? Because we started, you know, this podcast, I often talk to the individual. And when we look at the majority of the people who are in our implementation programs, they're individuals trying to live a more productive life. However, at the same time, I'm on the phone with C-level people of Fortune 500 companies who are asking, how do I roll this out to 20,000 employees? And which do we want to serve first? So I
1: typically ask, you know, you do have to decide what you want to do, the big purpose of the company, but I also look at where do you have the most value to bring to the to the market.
0: Oh, I I, I have Gary in my head saying focus on the small business owner. Yeah, yeah, just because there's everybody and their moms trying to go for the gorillas in their industry to land the fortune 500 because it's lucrative and prestigious and there are so many more small business owners. And ultimately Gary's always talking about building a massive community of raving fans. How do you touch so many people that it's a movement around what you do?
1: So the movement that I think about, and I don't want to, you know, Really, you know, contradict anyone's thinking because he's, he's created more than I've ever created with Keller Williams and, and this book, even. But you don't need that to create the movement, you need that thousand raving fans. fans. And that's one reason why picking a specific audience and going deep into that. So that's one of the other aspects because these are all kind of connect together, but you can really understand them and speak their language. Mm. The language in the day-to-day of a small business owner is different than that of a a team player inside of a corporation. Yes. There are certainly overlap, there's certainly things, but if you want to really zero in on it, um, you would they wouldn't understand, you know, this firefighter versus CEO issue that I mentioned earlier. Right. Right. Because they're they're working in a then maybe they're wearing different hats, but it's not like the CEO of a business where they're really trying to get things off the ground and they're pulled in so many directions. They don't have the right team in place and they don't have the right structure and processes, which is one of the things you guys help with. So the language is so different. Mm. The uniqueness is something that you've got to understand the promise that you're making to them. Mm. And you got to understand your process.
0: Let's, let's talk about that promise because I was having a... a call with a friend of mine recently when he asked, What's the promise that you're sharing with people? And and I was saying, take back control of your time and have clarity on how you want to invest it. And he said, Yeah, but that doesn't really what does that mean? What does that do for people? And this is where I realized I don't have real clarity on what our promise is yet. How does somebody figure that out? You go through this process, right? Of
1: asking, you know, if when you know the audience, you ask them what they want where they see themselves, and they will literally tell you what they desire.
0: We've done that. I mean, it's created every single product we've ever created, and I still don't have that level of clarity on what the single promise is. It's in there. I promise you. And it may not be the single
1: promise that goes across everything, but Mm. there's the 80-20.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: So you're looking for the twenty percent that provide that connects eighty percent emotionally to where you're going as a business, and that promise is such a necessary thing because that's what you you build the entire business on. You know the example of uniqueness. I I, I know you said you don't need this, but I want to I want to share it with you so we really can understand this and get on the same page. Is headphones? There's eighty different manufacturers that create headphones according to wikipedia 80 big market it's a physical product but one player about 12 years ago or so created something that the market said they they needed they didn't have words for it but bose came out with something you probably could even say this if i said it's bose what do you remember what their promise was
0: noise canceling
1: is that crystal clear yes absolutely right instant clarity and you can go on a plane right now. Do you have a pair of Bose noise canceling headphones?
0: They're in my ear right now.
1: <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> but for people who want to focus, imagine that being your your that you're connected to the brand. Your identity is aligned with what they their promise
0: feel like we should reach out to them to sponsor the show. There we go.
1: Making a note. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can take the converse to that. Like another player comes into the market even later into the game and says, I don't want noise canceling. I want to feel the music. I want the bass to be in my soul. Can you think of the brand that would create that one? Beats. Their promise is feel the bass. Mm. So both of those have a clear promise to where they're going and that becomes their uniqueness in the marketplace they're both billion dollar brands they're both absolutely powerful but they appeal to different people mm. if you notice the people who wear bows are different you know from a demographic standpoint from a, from many different
0: sectors than the people who wear beats
1: mm. Example helps, right? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I'm also having clarity because I'm literally staring at a screen where I've been spending about two weeks trying to figure out what the culture of our uh, membership community is. And I wrote this kind of uh, love letter, if you will, to the members that they haven't even seen yet. And it concludes with a statement, which is, I live my one thing. And I've shared with a few people, and they said it really resonated with them. And I'm wondering if that may be the promise. It could be.
1: Because the one thing. To me, like when I when I read the book, I was like, "This is so simple. It's instant clarity." Mm-hmm. That I I realize it now. I like the I read the book and I I, I, did, I tried to understand it and how do I apply this in there. And I like the depth behind the book. That's one reason why depth is emotionally kind of drawing to us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just an article. If it had just been an article, I might have. I've been searching for more, so I'm glad it's a book so that I can really absorb that. Right. But you have to understand like that's the brand language. Is that it? Right. I like it, but I always get my clients to come up with more. And then we go through the validation process within the, within the marketplace.
0: What does that validation process look like?
1: Um, it literally is going to that specific audience that you have identified and validating the problems, validating the promise that you have and the process at which you go through. And, and being able to pull out the language that allows you to start to come up with something really unique in the marketplace. Mm. And then what you're looking for, the kind of final question of this, is how can you phrase it with instant clarity? Mm.
0: So what I'm hearing you say is, first and foremost, is interacting with your ideal customers to figure out what is it that they really want and what is that promise and you get your ideas and then you go and you validate it with them. And then what was that last thing that you just said? How
1: can you phrase it with instant clarity? Mm. It's good. So all this drives back into, and this is one piece to it, to being the choice.
0: Mm. Yeah. What is something that I should be asking you? that I sh- that I haven't yet is it related to the trap
1: of success or is it related to this this uh, be the choice I
0: aspect? think it's regarding being the choice I mean when I think of and and correct me if I'm wrong when I think of avoiding the trapping of success is not actually chasing success but actually in search of significance
1: so one question that that you know I talk about on the stage all the time is About those moments that you make decisions that you look back on and say, that's when everything changed. Mm. I shared a few moments in my life today, like losing everything. I can look at the moments with my wife that you kind of asked me questions about. Those were moments where everything changed. Mm -hmm. When I decided to become... A, a consultant and and express my significance in the world. I can remember distinctly when everything changed when I'm on stage, I share a story about I know exactly where I was I was twenty six years old when I decided to learn how to dance hmm. and that would change everything about my ability to connect with with women and and actually the five words that I used to 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 meet my wife was Would you like to dance hmm. and so. When I talk to audiences and I'm talking to to people listening in here, if you aren't getting um, emotionally connected to listening to what we're talking about or listening to other episodes of the show, then you've got to really lean into that and go, what are you missing? Because you keep coming back. Are you making the decision that will allow you to no longer accept and tolerate what you've been accepting before. Say that again, because that was good. <laughs> are, are you getting to a point where you would no longer tolerate or, or really um, accept? And I, one word I use is the drift. Just go along with the flow so that you can move forward with your life. Because to be the choice, you have to decide, I'm no longer going to be a choice in the market. I'm going to be the choice.
0: Mm. Yeah. What, what, I, what I find that's interesting about this, Gene, is um, when I look, when I listen back to your story, there was some uh, tremendous escalation of pain in your life that forced you, compelled you to take action. When I look at my life, exact same thing. Do you feel like people have to attract some level of catastrophe in their life for them to wake up and go, all right, I'm going to finally do something different? It doesn't have to be that way, but here's the problem. It's harder
1: when things are okay and fine. Uh-huh. That's that's one reason why I wrote the book The Trap of Success because everything was fine and I ignored the real drive to create something meaningful or innovative in my business. I didn't want to let go of what I had, so I just drifted along. And it was so hard to let go of that. Now, in the catastrophe, in the, the turning moment, if you will, I had to make a decision. I had to call upon my courage to fight my way out of that hole. And that was easier. It's harder when you're just drifting down the the the, the you know, kind of river of life. Mm-hmm
0: by the way, folks, Gene's book just came out. So if you want to support him and get a copy of the book, you can look for The Trap of Success on Amazon, or you can also get it on Audible if you go to audible.com slash one thing. That way they know that you came from us and you can get it on Audible as well. Folks who are listening to this, what's the one thing you're not currently doing that if you started doing immediately would allow you to take action instead of wait for the pain to get so high that it compels you to take action. What would that be for you? Gene, what's a question that no one's ever asked you that you wish they would? Damn, that's hard. (laughs) (laughs) That's when Um, I, that's when I know it's a good question. (laughs) Yeah. Why significance? All right, Gene. Why significance?
1: You know, I talk about significance a lot, and I've been asked to define this, um, but w- what's my story behind significance? And you know, I shared a little bit of it, but, but just to really express that clearly is, I knew that my potential was so much more than what I was expressing in the world. Mm. And I knew that I could be making a bigger impact. I knew that I could be writing books, or I could be doing something. And I just refused to let myself do it. I I wasn't uncomfortable enough. And so, you know, why significance after everything fell apart and, you know, kind of shared a little bit of that too was because what was ripped away. But what's deep inside me around this is I'm here to make a difference in the world. I'm not here just to show up. I'm not here just to um, take. I want to give. And... I'm creating a business that allows me to do that consistently from the stage, through my books, through, through the work I do, and this is fueling me. It's still hard, but I feel joy in, that, in, the, in everything I go through, every challenge. I feel so much knowing that I'm heading in the right direction, so I know that that significance is deep inside my, my soul.
0: For the people who are listening to this, you hear the difference when there's a purpose or a significance behind doing what you do? <laughs> it's why when you go to page 134 of the book and you look at, it, people always desire the profit or the results. And to get it, they have to be productive. They have to take action. But you can't take the right action if you don't know your priorities. And ultimately, you will not know your priorities if you don't know your purpose, why you are here. Gene, what would you suggest to people who are lacking clarity on that bigger reason why they're doing what they're doing? What's the one thing they can do to begin the journey? Put some space to actually think about what you want.
1: There's too much packed schedules. And if you don't have enough space to really sit back and and probably even be alone with your thoughts on a regular basis, thinking about the path you're on the the impact that you're making in the world and are you living that that potential that's inside you because most likely there is something else you can be doing either you're not activating yourself or you're not activating others around you and so if you want to really connect with that give yourself space and be critically honest with yourself about what it is you're meant here to do like is it more? than discover more. Don't just drift along mm. as that's so easy, that, that trap of success, as I was talking about, just so easy to do, but you got to get uncomfortable and be willing to do that.
0: Mm. Love it. Gene, where can people learn more about you, my friend? Well,
1: a couple of, couple of web properties that are, that are top of mind. Uh, the book, the Trap of Success is uh, will take you there, trapofsuccess.com, or you can go to Amazon. Uh, you can also go to genehammett.com. That's where I kind of write. And then my podcast is Leaders in the Trenches. And uh, it's it's been around for three and a half years. It's something I love doing. It's for hyper-growth companies to help them really understand strategies to keep growing through, through hyper-growth or get there um, and to be the choice, not a choice in the market.
0: Love it, man. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show and all the value you've brought.
1: It's a pleasure to be here and and such hard questions. (laughs)
0: Love it. (laughs) Job well done, (laughs) man. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Gene Hammett. Folks, this was one of those conversations where, you know, I was having a genuine conversation with Gene just because it's of interest to me. You know, I want to make sure that business that we're building first and foremost that significance does come first that there is a we are a purpose driven business i don't have clarity on exactly how uh, what that looks like and, and i'm comfortable acknowledging that because you need to hear that just because you lack clarity in any area of your life should not be an excuse to not take action and move forward And you heard me very transparently say, Gene, turn the tables on me because behind the scenes, I don't know what it looks like when you hear this and and how you perceive our brand, but we're still figuring things out too. And I think one of the highest levels of service that I can bring to you is for us to pull the curtains back, to not proclaim to be some perfect organization who doesn't have a lack of clarity. We're struggling too in our own way. And we're committed to figuring it out so we can serve you in a higher level. It's why we do the podcast. It's why we do it every week, twice a week. It's why we do all of our implementation programs, our, our event, which by the way, is right around the corner. Who's excited about that? We're so excited to be with you guys here in Austin. Um, for those of you who do not have your ticket yet, onething.com slash event. We plan on selling this bad boy out. So please go to the onething.com slash event and make sure you get your ticket. Uh, that was a distraction right there. See, see what happened there? I get distracted too. Bottom line, folks, we appreciate you. We appreciate that you just invested your time with us. The question is, what's the one thing that really resonated with you based on this episode? And what's the one thing you can do to put it into action? A humble request in this case, since you know that we are trying to figure out what our promise is to you, that value that you are getting, shoot me an email, jeff at the one That's with the number one in the URL, jeff at the one me know your thoughts. Um, I'm going to ask my assistant to actually filter those to me so that I can read them personally. I, I really would love your guidance on your perception there and we can interact through that channel. So thank you very much. We really appreciate you guys. Please support Gene by picking up a copy of The Trap of Success, either on Amazon or through Audible, and we'll go from there. Thanks so much, guys.